If you've been listening to the Truest Fan Blueprints, you know that Phil and I want to see you, our listeners, succeed. And that's one of the reasons we've created a brand new program called the Truest Fan Roundtable. It's your way to take a test drive of our coaching and mentoring process, a process that will help you take your business and your life to new levels of success. And you can try it out for free. Just go to truestfancoaching.com forward slash free dash access and sign up. That's truestfancoaching.com forward slash free dash access. I hope to see you there. Do you need a bit of a pick-me-up? Maybe life or a part of your life has you down and you're wondering, can things get any worse? Well, you've got to listen to my conversation with James Mayer, who talks about the importance of staying positive and not in a false way, but in a way that brings calm and conviction to you and to the things that you're involved with and doing. And he also talks about the importance of empathy, of being willing to give and not expecting something else in return. This is an awesome podcast. Listen in. You're listening to the Truest Fan Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob Brown. Okay, welcome everybody back to the Truest Fan Podcast. I am excited today to have on the call James Mayer, who is the manager of Huffman, Mayer, and Palo in Ashtabula, Ohio. And James, when I asked my first question about your favorite baseball team, is going to have the same answer that I do. So let's talk a little bit about that, James. Is, is most of the listeners know one of the reasons that I wrote True as Fan comes from my love of Cleveland baseball, Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Guardians baseball. So I always ask, who's your favorite baseball team when we get started? Well, I. You know, I'm learning to say that the Guardians, I got this wonderful hat from a charity that we uh, support, and they put my last name on the back of it. So I officially have a Guardians hat with my last name on it. It was a wonderful gift. Ah, awesome. Well, I love the Guardians, obviously, and it was a great season. And I could talk the whole podcast about, about baseball. But when you think about sports, I know you're a big sports fan. You're a golfer. What is it about sports that kind of helps you in life? Are there lessons that you learn or things that you bring from the games that you play and watch that you carry over into the way that you love your family or serve your clients or do things in your community? You just talked about supporting a charity there with the Guardian's hat. You know, I think it's a childhood thing. Growing up in Northeast Ohio, you know, my father never gave me the option of of rooting for teams that did better than, you know, Cleveland sports in the eighties. And you remember a uh, municipal stadium and, you know, how challenging the eighties were for baseball in Northeast Ohio. And, and it was ingrained in my head early on that, well, this is where we're from. You're geographically connected. You can't just root for the Oakland athletics or you can't just root for the Cowboys you root for the Indian, or at the time, you root for the Indians, the Browns, the Cavs, the Force, the 
whatever. These are your teams. And, and so, yes, I've always loved that underdog mentality of Cleveland sports because that's what I grew up with. And, you know, I think it's it's just something I identify with. Right. And you mentioned, a, I think, a real key word. And one of the reasons that I use baseball in the Truce Fan book is that loyalty is so important. And that loyalty that maybe you and I would talk with having been born and raised in Northeast Ohio is we're born with it <laughs> or, or you had no choice if your father wouldn't let you root for another team. <laughs> but loyalty is something I think that we can gain from being a fan of different teams. And it's something that I, that I like to pull from it. Does that resonate with you? Oh, I think the loyalty, the perseverance, the, you know, you don't give up when, when things get tough. I would say, you know, my self-resilience, you know, my, you know, confidence. I'd say there's a little Cleveland sports, you know, worked into uh, framing that aspect of my personality. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. it. <laughs> Just like a lot of those Yankee fans bring a lot of cockiness to their personalities, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And I think from a value standpoint, like how much I appreciate things like when the Cavs won the NBA championship, you know, that was making up for 1997, you know, uh, sitting in my apartment, bawling my eyes out when Nagy gives up the hit and the Indians lose in the, the bottom of the 11th in game seven. Yeah. You know, I was too old to be crying at a, a sports game, but no, I was. Luckily, I was <laughs> in the privacy of my own home at the time. <laughs> But no, I think you get vested if you're into sports. I still get excited watching Cleveland sports. Yeah, yeah. My heart rate goes up in the fourth quarter or the ninth inning. And, you know, it's uh, I think it's it's fun. Yeah, definitely example of being a truest fan. But let's change gears because this is not <laughs> a, um, a Cleveland sports podcast as much as um, I might like to turn it into one at times. Oh, no, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you insist, but no, I think, I think we, might, uh, we, might, we might scare a few people away. Because uh, one thing I know for sure is that some teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox are bandwagon teams. When they're doing well, lots of people decide to follow them. Cleveland is not a bandwagon sort of town. You're kind of born and bred with it, and we adopt some folks along the way, but it's a little different mentality. But let's change gears because you mentioned your dad already. And when we were kind of sharing some of the things we might talk about on this podcast, one of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, what's that nugget of advice that you got from a family member or somebody that has mentored you over the year that really sticks with you and, and kind of works, helps guide you on a regular basis? And you mentioned something, a story about your dad. You want to share a little bit about that? Oh, Yes. I was in college and I called my dad trying to get the uh, pat on the back story. Mm -hmm. So I think I was a sophomore in college and, you know, I don't, I don't think anything horrible, 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 but things weren't, school wasn't going the way I wanted. There were some personal issues going on and life was like, I'd say at, at 19, life was at its most stressful point in time. And I called my father with the expectation that you know, there was going to be some kind of pat on the back. Things will get better, you know, sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. Everything was going to work out. Very positive, you know, 
and my dad was very matter of fact. And he's like, you know, you know, or if you don't, you should know things can always be much worse than they are right now. And actually, I think like a year ago, I kind of was playing golf with him or something. And I said, you know, I remember that vividly. This con- I don't even think he remembered the conversation, honestly. But it has been something that stuck with me. Like whatever you're worried about today typically isn't a big deal in six months. And we tend to blow things out of proportion, but things can always get worse. So you can always find a reason to see the glass is half full. And there's a positive aspect to just anything. It's either, you know, it's a challenge or an opportunity, and it's just up to you to frame it that way. So my dad was probably not as eloquent as I'm trying to make it sound, but it was a wonderful learning experience that has stuck with me, you know, every every time there's a moment of, wow, things can't get worse, there's a little giggle, and uh, James is like, yeah, don't forget, your dad said they can, and sometimes they do. <laughs> so... I would say that was one of my, like something that has always stuck with me in my life. Right. But it seems to me, those, the, though you've also kind of turned it around a bit because you mentioned that you wear a stay positive wristband. So that's kind of the, I don't know, does that like propel you to a different way of thinking or to reframing that, you know, because you could say that things could always be worse is, could be taken as a negative, right? You could be like, oh this sucks and things could always no i I think of it as a i think of it as a very positive like you need to do a a balance sheet of where you are and while you know the stock market's going down yeah but my family is healthy and we have money in the bank and the kids will still go to college and my parents are still alive and you know i mean you you just if you want to go looking for negativity you'll find Mm -hmm. and you know with a client-centered business that is so emotional where, you know, yes, clients are much happier when the market goes up. When the market goes down, you're dealing with a lot of emotions from a lot of people. And so I, I think we had a chat. You caught me on like probably one of my worst days ever, just in a mood. And you did kind of tease me like, yeah, cheer up, James, relax. But the stay positive wristband is a, a good friend of mine was kind of having a challenge. And, you know, I we we read these, you know, John Gordon books and he turned me on to him and I got on his website and I found these stay positive wristbands. I said, as long as you're struggling, I want you to wear one of these wristbands. I'll wear it. And whenever you're having that moment where you're just not feeling it or you're down, you know, just look at the wristband, snap it, laugh a little and move forward. And I, I think framing things and finding the positive is such a more helpful way of doing things. And it's just going to make your life better finding that that opportunity to be happy versus looking for, you know, the world is ending and everything's horrible and every client hates me. You know, they don't hate you. They're scared. They're nervous. They need you to be calm and you can't join the, the panic. I mean, sticking with the sports themes, I saw this quote from uh, Kobe Bryant and it says, you know, if I panic, everybody else panics too. And I think that's a great, great thought is that. You know, in our business, you know, if the client's panicking and they call us and we're panicking, oh, my gosh, they're going over the edge. So you you've got to have that calmness. You've got to be able to be empathetic, understanding and confident that your plan you built for their retirement or college fund is on track. And these are the things we're going to do. And these are the adjustments or the moves we're going to make. 
And you got to say it with conviction and confidence, and you've got to be comfortable. They hear that, they feel that, they see that in you. So I'm sorry, I just rambled. No, no, that was great because you dug into a lot of really important stuff. Because this, uh, when we're recording this podcast, Thanksgiving has just passed, and people who are listening to it may be listening to it, you know, well out into the into the future. But you know, I mentioned Thanksgiving because this is a time of year when gratitude gets a lot of platitudes. You know, it's like, oh, we're supposed to be grateful, right? <laughs> and yes. What I'm hearing you say is really important is to be grateful in all situations, you know. Are you ready to discover your true purpose, live with impact and build an ever greater legacy? Then you need to make time for what truly matters most. Go to truestfan.com slash challenge to begin the free Truest Fan 7-Day Quick Start. I think it's natural to get sucked into that because things happen. You get in a car. I mean, bad things happen. You know, you have a plan for your day and something screws it up. You know, I get stuck by the train, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be late. and I'm mad. My wife always says, and it like, it almost annoys me. She's always like, well, you stuck by that train that stopped you from getting in an accident 10 miles down the road. You know, she has this very positive mindset about it. And it's, you know, so if I'm getting stuck by the train without even thinking, I hear my wife's voice like, ah, that's saving you from getting in an accident or something else happening. But I think it's natural to feel negativity. It's the ability to kind of adjust and manage it. And so that being grateful all year round I don't know if I'm just in like a quote mode, but one of my favorite, favorite quotes I ever found was something of the, you know, when you trade your expectations for appreciation, the world looks so much better. And that idea of, I wish I had that versus thank God I have what I have. It's so much more rewarding to appreciate where you are than wishing you had another house, another car, better seats at the game, whatever. Yeah, it's that comparison thing. And I've, I use this quote a lot on the podcast, but <laughs> but that whole idea that compare the thief of joy. Thief of joy, right? Yeah, I mean, it just comes back over and over again because I think too often we do want to compare ourselves to other people whose situations we don't even understand. But as I dig into some, what I'm, something else that I'm hearing you say, you say, well, I'm in a quote mode. But I, I think it's interesting that you do have these quotes, these thoughts are things that aren't just passing thoughts. You can recall them quickly because there's something that resonate with you, that stick with you. And it, like even that, that phone call with your dad, you said he doesn't even remember that conversation, yet that five minutes that you spent with him when you were 19 years old is with you, you know, decades later. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If maybe he remembered it, maybe it definitely wasn't as impactful right. to him as it was to me. Now, I think me sharing that, oh my gosh, 29 years later, that's hard to say sometimes. I think that was impactful to him, that right. that he said something to me 29 years ago and that I'm still, like, it's in my brain, you know, monthly or every six months to this day, 29 years later. I think that meant something to him. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure it did. And that's 
to me, that's one part of being a truest fan is like, it's making sure you not only look for truest fans of yourself, but that you make sure that other people know that you are their truest fans. And sometimes just taking the time to relay that story back to your dad is just a way of letting him know how much you love him and how much he's meant to you as you've come along that, that a story from 29 years ago is still you know fresh with you or the way that you have the friend that you share the wristband with that you snap when you're down because you're trying to help him work through a difficult situation. Just giving that that love, that that appreciation back to them is a, is a pretty amazing thing. And so I think it's a really important part of life. Yeah. And the wristband thing turns out to help me more than maybe it helps him. I have no idea how much it helps him, but certainly, you know, it gets smacked a couple times a day or a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's it, and it makes me laugh after I do. Right, right. You know, like you know, that's not something to dwell on. Right, you know, that's not something not to just get consumed with. Right, and it also relates back to what you were talking about in terms of how you are have to speak with your clients with confidence and conviction when they might call in and are feeling a little troubled by what's going on in the markets or the or the world around them, and they're worried that their plan's not in place. It, it's that simple comment back to them, say, hey, everything is okay. We've got this. Your plan is in place. We'll get through this and not say that because you have to, but because you mean it and in a way that they can leave that conversation feeling like, hey, maybe I'm not 100% over it, but James and his team have my back. I think just hearing my voice in a calm tone is step one. That, you know, if they hear me like, oh my gosh, it's horrible. Like, you know, that's just going to, that that's not going to help. And clients see right through people that are, are not being truthful, I would suggest. You know, we do the plan. We plan for contingencies, you know, these scenarios. And then when they do happen, it's not like it's the first time you've seen it. I mean, I've been in the business 27, 8, 9 years that I've seen enough bad that it's not new to me. You know, it's not fun, but it's not new. It's not shocking. It's not surprising. This time's not different. You know, it's, you know, we got a plan. We're conservative in our estimates. You're going to be okay. We're going to keep working our process. Yeah. And that's, that's so important, you know, and I always love it when I talk to advisors, when things are crazy, like they have been for, you know, big parts of this year and they don't get down negative, but they also don't get overly positive either. There's that assured tone it's of that voice that I think brings that confidence out. It's not trying to hype, you know, the fact that, you know, we've been through things like this before and it'll be okay. And you kind of be, you don't become too much of a cheerleader, but you also, it's kind of the opposite. You think that's true too? Well, I think you learn, you know, you learn each individual client how they need to hear it. You know, somebody's going to want a little more empathy. Someone's going to need the, you know, bold. Look, we talked about this. This is, we knew this was going to happen at some point in time over the rest of your life, you know, but you get to know people and you, you know, their hotspots, you know, their triggers. You could be proactive with people you, you that need that. And, I think that's getting to know people better. You know, we went through this in 2020 
market was down 35%. We got through that. You know, we went through this in 2008 and 2000. You got a longer period of time with people. I think they can still get emotional, but then you have, you know, reference points to be like, we went through this already and we got through it and it worked out and we're going to do it again. And having that conviction, confidence and understanding of each individual client is ideal, I would suggest. Yeah. So it's not just a blanket uh, way of dealing with all of the clients. It is. Oh, might as well be at an 800 number <laughs> right? If, if you were doing it that way, right? Yes. And that's that personal relationship. Because if you really are in it to help your clients achieve their personal goals, you can't treat their personal goals like everybody else's goals. And and so it's it's the both the emotional side of it and, and the practical side of it. It's the steps that you take to help them get through the process. They're never... You know, never exactly the same for large numbers of clients. Well, yeah, I definitely agree. So let's kind of let's turn from from that for a second. What really makes you smile? What makes you happy? Happiest? Uh, I mean, you know, this weekend I would have been really happy if the the Cavs won on Friday and Ohio State won on Saturday and the Browns won on Sunday and the Cavs won Sunday night. No, you know, I went. On a, I'm not a big vacation person. I love my job. I spend a lot of time here. And I'm always thinking about my job. But this was probably one of the first times I, I took a vacation with my wife and kids. And I was pretty shut down. And we had, I'd say, the best family vacation. And when I mean shut down from outside, you know, influence. And in this world with the cell phone and the email and the, you know, LinkedIn, social media, and all this stuff we're trying to accomplish. And we want to be there for all of our clients at any point in time. I don't know if I'm getting older or my kids are growing up so fast that it's like, you better get present. And that was probably just the best thing out of this little trip we took. I was 24-7 present. You know, I don't care what goofy thing you want to do. We're here. Let's do it. And it was nice to make it all about what they wanted to do and spend that time with them. So yeah, that was something that you know, it comes in smaller pieces, but to have a whole week of it was really, uh, really special, really made me smile, you know, got me as refreshed and as positive as I've been in a long time. So I think that's a good week to do it. The market's only open three and a half a week or three and a half days, and you never know what kind of weather you're going to get in Ohio. So no, that that's something I, I love spending time with my family. I, I like to play golf. I like when my Cleveland sports win. That I'm relatively simple on that front. Yeah. Well, those are, but that's, I think you made talking about your family and that time away really reminds me of a couple of really important things. When we talk about being a truest fan, one of the principles of being a truest fan is that your family deserves your very best. And when you are living in a way that you really love what you do, sometimes you've, forget them in a way, you know, maybe, maybe not every night. Cause I get this feeling that you're very involved in your family's life on a day-to-day basis, but making sure you take that time away is so important. And I know a lot of, a lot of advisors, a lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. They just, they say, I don't have time for that. And, and so, and then they get that time away and they realize that that family time is so valuable, important. And maybe even more fun than spending a couple of extra hours in the office. Plus you get recharged because I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Nail on the head. I mean, I don't know any statistics, but it seems like as long as I've been in this industry, 
there seems to be a high divorce rate of advisor. And, you know, I would, it's a demanding job and it's a stressful job and it's extremely rewarding. And I think you, you balance things. I think most people are really good at, if you focus on something, I want to be great at exercising or I want to eat really well or I want to play golf really well. I could get really good at golf. It would cost me time from work. It would cost me time for my family. Eh, that's not going to work. I need to be a 10 handicap and I need to be decent at work and I need to be decent at home. Decent at home, that's the one I, I think most people need to spend more time on is, you know, if I was a B-plus advisor and an A-plus father, I would be right where I, I would be ecstatic. But, you know, you get pulled in so many directions, and the world has gotten more complicated and more demanding. You know, I think of my dad, like, he left for work at 8, came home at 5. That was the end of it. Every day, that was his routine. And I don't have days like that. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's all, it's every day is different, you know? Right. Yeah, no, it's it is different, and and it, and as you, and I think that's something you said at the very beginning of of this part of the conversation, I think is really important is that when you mentioned the divorce rate, I'm not sure if it's any higher in this industry than it is in this crazy world we live in because it's it's too high. Period. But one thing that I do see all the time is the personal failures that come despite the success that's happening in advisors' businesses. Most of the advisors that I work with are very, very successful at what they do. But with that success comes other things that pull them in different directions that may keep them from those things that are more important to them, but they don't realize it. And it's like the success can be blinding or that drive to do a better job in work can, can keep you from taking that week-long vacation and I, I mean, I don't, I don't believe at this moment I'm in danger of getting divorced or, and I love my wife. Hopefully she'll listen to this. But I, I think that focus, there was a book and I don't want to say the name of the book, but it was about a guy who was overweight and then he got in good shape and then he joined the military and he became army ranger and now he runs hundred mile marathons. And, and he made that his focus. He put so much effort on these goals. Well, if you read between the lines in the book, you know, I think he got divorced a couple times and, and things happened. Like there's a balance to this, you know, being the best at one thing means other things are suffering. So I think prioritizing like what, where should majority of my energy go? That the family piece, you know, it, it seems like it gets the back seat sometimes. And, you know, I think, getting to a place in my life where I, I don't want that to be. Right. Not that I don't love my job, but put all that effort into that. But I, I think that's, that should be your priority, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think that's just, it's really important to bring that out because I think that is, you know, being a truest fan of your family, making sure that they feel the love is, uh, is really critical. I figured it would be a better tagline for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're winding down to the end here. Is there any kind of last minute piece of advice you'd like to share with the audience? Something maybe that's come to your mind as we've been talking that you think is important for people who've been hearing your conversation around, you know, being grateful, staying positive, being appreciative, you know, being confident and 
and speaking with conviction. I mean, you've, you've used lots of good, shared lots of good ideas of how a highly successful leader of a financial advisory team should be thinking and operating to help clients, to be there for family, to be there for your team, to be involved in your community. I know you're, you and your team are very active in your community, but any, anything else you want to you share? I think being empathetic towards other people, even if it's not reciprocal, I think this is a big challenge in life is that you know, trying to have only 50-50 relationships where you're putting in 50, the other person. You know, if you're empathetic to anyone that comes across your path, I don't know in the big picture that that's going to hurt you. I think, you know, some of these relationships are going to skew. You're putting more into it than others, but it is rewarding to help people. And being able to listen and help and be empathetic I think is a skill that is so lost in this world right now that we'd all be a little better with a little more of that. Right. There's a, seems to be a pervasive, well, there's no reason I should help them because they're not doing anything for me. And I don't think that's how the golden rule was written. You know, I think the golden rule says treat them how you would like to be treated. And then you're going to get some bounce back. There's going to be a boomerang effect, but it may not be you know, when you expect it. And maybe even going back to the story about your dad, 29 years later, he got some bounce back from you because you reminded him of a piece of advice that he gave, that he gave you. And keeping score in life and relationships is the worst thing you could ever do. You know, you give with a free hand, you don't expect anything back from it. And, you know, things will, you will be rewarded. It's just you can't expect it, and it might not be from who you think, but it's definitely going to make you have a better life. I, I'm convinced of that at 48 years old. Yeah, you know, well, being I think, empathetic, being positive. Yeah, that's key. Yeah, being empathetic and being positive. I think those are two great words to leave podcast with. So, James, I want to thank you for being on the Truest Fan podcast. I'm a Truest fan of you and your team and our guardians and all the Cleveland sports teams, but especially the guardians. Oh, good. <laughs> so great to talk to you, James. Well, thank you, Rob. It's been very fun to watch you progress with this podcast. I, I hope it's very successful. Thanks a bunch. 